0: All right, open up your Bibles to Luke, while I open up my Bible to Luke. We are going to start in Luke chapter 15, which is a familiar passage of Scripture, Luke chapter 15. All right, I want to acknowledge that my dad is in the room, and he is incredible Thank you, Dad, for always being there. Uh, Thank you for the road trips, especially, and that we didn't die on the bridge. (laughs) Uh, We are a Jesus church. We preach Jesus. We believe that the point of the entire Bible from start to finish is to proclaim Jesus. Um, and, And every message that... I ever preach, well, will include Jesus. But as we look at Jesus and as we follow him, because we're called to be followers of Christ, and as we look at the, the times when Jesus talked to his disciples, pointing them to himself, oftentimes he pointed them to the Father. And in fact, even when he said, model this way in terms of your prayer, pray like this our father who art in heaven it was it was it was Jesus's intent to connect us not just with his father but with a specific name for god as father because there's a lot of names for god and if you've ever done a study on the names of god it's amazing and there are you know tons of of names of characteristics of, of things that are true about Him and names of God that we call on Him, none more powerful than Father. And this is why Jesus, most of the time when He was talking to His disciples and He was pointing them to God, He was saying, this is your Father. Your Father knows what you need. Even before you ask, your Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts to His kids. A Father is not going to give a a snake when you ask for a, a piece of bread. Your father is a good God. And so this was Jesus's intent is to lead us and connect us with specifically the father. In fact, when Jesus was asked to explain the kingdom of God, one of the most profound parables that he ever told was about a father and a prodigal son. We're going to dig into this a little bit. But before we do, I want to set the context for why it's so powerful and why it's so important that we recognize our Father in heaven as the most powerful, important name. I wrote this. It'll be up on the screen. We all have a Father need. It's a Father-shaped hole that only God, our Father, can Phil, in other words, what I'm telling you is you have daddy issues. Some more than others, but we all have it. And it's these deep things in our lives, insecurities that come up, doubts, fears, misconceptions about ourselves and the world, all flow from this place of father. And some of us have had a fantastic flawed father, and some of us have had an absent flawed father, and somewhere in between. But all of us, regardless of how awesome or not your dad was, he was incomplete and left you with a massive daddy need. Because it was never his role to fill This role. And so on this Father's Day, I want to talk to you about the Father's love. So Matthew chapter 3 verse 17 is a picture of when Jesus was first coming on the scene and he had done nothing. In fact, he was, the Bible says he was in the crowd and, and no one even knew who he was. In fact, John the Baptist saw him before and didn't know him. And then boom, Jesus was revealed in that moment, and John was like, oh, wow, and, she, and, and, and he saw Jesus coming, and then, and then he baptizes Jesus to fulfill Scripture. But before that, literally nobody. It's not, that, it's not just that he had done nothing. No one knew him. No one knew who he was, and he had done no amazing things. And so he comes on the scene, and John, and he this, has this interaction with John. I'm not worthy to, to, to untie your sandals. And Jesus says, we need to do this. So he baptizes him, and this is what happens. Suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was a nobody until this moment. Until he heard the father say, I'm well pleased in you. I validate you. Now, no doubt he had heard that lots of times before from his father, but this was something that was modeled for all of us that we need. We need to hear the father. And I, feel, I find it interesting because if you, if you look at how things began and how the fall ended up taking root and ultimately the Old Testament, it was two people hearing the wrong voice. And then this is the beginning of the New Testament, Jesus hearing the right voice. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and you know the story. They fell, and obviously they were hearing Satan whisper to them, not just about the fruit, but he was whispering other things, and we know that because they realized they were naked, and then they went and hid themselves, and Jesus comes to them, or God comes to them as their father, the one that they had been in perfect connection with up to this point, before insecurity ever took root on the planet. I mean, can you imagine? There was no shame. There was no guilt. There was no self-doubt. It, wasn't, it didn't exist before. So they have this moment of sin, and now all of a sudden they're exposed to the wrong voice. So God comes to them as their father Knowing the message he had been sending them. The reason why there was no insecurity is because they had a perfect line of communication from their father, and their father, the Bible says that his thoughts towards us are more than the sands of the sea, they're innumerable. So, these, this is the message that they were receiving from their father, and therefore they weren't insecure. All of a sudden, this happens. That communication's broken. They're hearing another voice, and now they're naked and afraid. They're hiding themselves. So the father comes to them and says, Who told you you were naked? So, in other words, there's another voice coming, isn't there? It's not my voice. I didn't tell you that. Who told you there was something wrong with you? Who told you that you were not enough or that you were incomplete? Who told you that? In other words, that would never be a message that would come from your father. naked and ashamed. So this reveals a really powerful principle, and we're going to get to the meat of this because I believe that there's a message here that the Father wants to send us. But the the, the crux of it is this simple idea. We were created to need something outside of ourselves to tell us who we are. So this is a, a universal principle that you can't get around. So you will find something to tell you who you are. And it will be your performance. It will be other people's praise. It will be other people's negativity. It will be an experience that you had. It will be something, something in your life, someone in your life or a multiple things will tell you who you are. Or the Father will tell you who you are. And that, that gap, that chasm is essentially the bridge from insecurity and daddy issues to walking in confidence. Can I tell you that walking in confidence has nothing to do with your bank account, your, your accolades, your good works, your religion, your marriage, zero. It doesn't even matter if you have a letterman's jacket and you did great in high school. None of those things are going to help bridge a deep, and when I say insecurity, listen, some of the most confident people are the most insecure. You know this. They come across as the most confident, but deep inside, they're insecure, which is why they're compensating, right? That bridge, there's only one way across, and it's the Father. You can know scriptures, you can be a good Christian, you can sing lots of songs, you can be in a small group, you can have a a spouse that tells you you're awesome all the time. And I promise you, you will find yourself falling into the ditch every time as you try to cross over from insecure to confident. And some of us, Some of us have struggles in our marriage because we have an expectation of our spouse to be that bridge. Oh, I'm just poking on people right now. (laughs) I do not have the ability to fulfill Heather at her deepest level. And when she looks to me to that, for that, she falls in to the big gap. It's not my role. Now, God can use me to support the message he's sending him, right, and reinforce that. And I can certainly be a deterrent by my negativity, but at at its deepest level, Heather can't do that for me, and I can't do that for her. If she's not whole with her and Jesus, and I'm not whole, two halves do not make a whole in marriage. They just don't. And a lot of you are like, whoa, that makes a lot of sense. Right? Which is why it's so important that we have our own relationship with Christ. Like we're pursuing our Father and hearing His voice and becoming whole people because two holes coming together is powerful. Two halves is dysfunction right? And so, again, uh, this isn't meant to be on marriage, but let me just pause for this in regards to marriage and say, listen, if you're in a situation where you're struggling in this area, encourage, right? It's not like, well, hey, babe, I can't make you whole. Don't have that conversation. It's like, hey, hey, let's, (laughs) you're like, perfect, I got a way out. No. But, you know, like, hey, let's encourage and help foster that journey. But it is a individual journey, Just like it is with our kids, so it is with us. We have to own and pursue our relationship with God. And so that's why this issue of fatherhood is so important because something outside of us is going to tell us who we are. And so my desire on this Father's Day is that we would understand and pursue the things that make us whole at our deepest level. Most people go their whole life with daddy issues. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to. You don't have to. Amen? Yes. This is a good sermon. I'm only through page one. Yes. So, so Jesus is the bridge. The Holy Spirit is the messenger. So you can once again hear the Father's voice as Adam and Eve did in the garden. Jesus is the bridge, which is why we're a Jesus church, because without Jesus, we can't connect to the Father. Right? We are hidden with Christ in God, and so when the Father looks at us, He sees us in Jesus, so we can stand before Him whole and righteous, and we can receive that message that He's been sending. It just got blocked. When Adam and Eve sinned, the Father wasn't like, okay, well, I'm not going to send good stuff anymore. No. His message has always been good. Unfortunately, sin blocked it, so they couldn't hear it. It'd be like them them living in a soundproof glass box. And the Father's message is coming, and it's coming. They just couldn't hear it. They were deaf to it. Instead, they were hearing a different message. And so now, Jesus is the bridge to that, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the love of God is poured out into our heart by the Holy Spirit. He is the messenger to bring that message coming from the Father, And it's a beautiful message. So Luke chapter 15. um, This is a prodigal son message. uh, The prodigal son story. So I'm going to recap it and then we're going to read small snippets of it. So the recap is a son came to a father. And again, Jesus is telling this story saying this is what the kingdom's like. The kingdom is like a father and a son. Oh, by the way, you're the son. That's you. The son and daughter, right? It's... so the, the, the father gives the son an inheritance. He goes away and squanders it. We've all done that. We've all gone our own way. And finally, the son finds himself at its lowest point And he says, I'm going to come back to my father because even my, the servants in my father's house eat better than me because I'm in a pig pen eating pig food. So I'm going to come back. And he had this whole speech that he had written on his walk back. And his speeches include, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But that's okay. Because as long as I can get back into the house, I don't even need to be your son because I'm not worthy of that. So I'll be a servant. And a servant is so much better than where I am now. So I'm going I'm to just settle for that. So he started his way back. And we pick up the story with our first point, And that is that he sees you. So I'm going to talk to you about four things that you have to receive from the Father. You have to understand at your deepest core. Jesus is the bridge, and the Holy Spirit sending this message about the Father. He sees you. Go ahead and go to that next slide. And you hear him say, You are not alone. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. I just love, I want you to see this picture. Again, Jesus is telling this story and the prodigal son's coming. And it specifically says that the father saw him a long way off. So I want you to picture the father on the front porch. Now, he didn't get a text from his son, Dad, I'm coming home. He He didn't throw it up on social media, right, Instagram account, hashtag, pig pen, headed for the father's house. None of that. So... So, how did the father know that his son was coming home? He didn't. He watches every night. He's pacing his his front porch, just looking, praying, looking for his father, like way off, way off in the distance, looking for him every night. Where's he at? How many nights did he spend? facing that front porch, looking, nothing yet. He's coming, he's coming. I'm just looking, and finally, just barely, oh, could that be him? Maybe. And hope builds as finally he sees him way off in the distance. The, the, The son has a totally different idea of what it will be like when he comes home. He didn't have have any concept that the father had been waiting for him and watching for him a long way off. And I think so many times we think that we are isolated and alone and God is so far away. But I'm telling you, as, as your father, he is sending you a message. You're not alone. I see you. I see you. There are places we find ourselves that can feel so dark and so isolating. In a book uh, called Searching for God Knows That What by Donald Miller, a super powerful book, he describes, he describes hell as an existence completely void of God. And he describes it in a very interesting way, and again, this is just his imagination, it's not biblical, but getting ejected from a spaceship just outside the atmosphere and he spends eternity there floating he can see the earth he has plenty of oxygen and food but he's all alone forever it's this it's this place that feels so dark and so alone and that's the enemy's tactic is to get us feeling like no one sees me. I'm in a crowded room filled with people and they're laughing and they're having fun and they have no idea how dark it is on the inside. So I'm just gonna laugh and go along with it and smile a lot so that no one can see because these are the places that we, that we hide the most because we're most ashamed of them. I'm most ashamed at the darkness that I feel on the inside. When I was in Israel, we were at a lunch Uh, thing outside at a restaurant and I had to go to the bathroom. And so I got up and I walked inside and I asked the the people there and they said, yeah, there's a bathroom upstairs. It was kind of like a hole in the wall restaurant. And no one had known that, that I went in. So they said, yeah, it's upstairs. So I went upstairs. Again, it kind of felt like an old house. Upstairs, tiny little upstairs. I was the only one up there. It was like 90 degrees, no air conditioning. So upstairs, it was really hot. Everyone's outside on the patio, and I go up, go in the bathroom, and the bathroom is like one of those really small, just enough for a toilet and a tiny little sink, and then like you close the door. I go to the bathroom, and I come out, uh, and I come to grab the, the knob, and, and um, the knob just like started spinning, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't open. No windows, like probably 100 degrees in the bathroom. And I was like, "Oh, this is fine." You know how this moment, you're like, "Okay, I'm good. This is fine." You have that like thought, and I, and I, you know, I'm like, "I I got this. I got in here. I'm gonna get out." Right? I started tweaking it, and it felt like an eternity. It was realistically probably two minutes of of me trying to fiddle with the door, and I was like, literally getting nowhere. And so then, just like that, pure panic. I mean, I all of a sudden was like, "I can't breathe." Like, there's no oxygen in here. I'm, and I was like, I, my life was literally flashing before my eyes. And I started pounding on the door. I'm in here! I'm in here! Right? No, no one. No one there, right? So I fiddle with the door again. <gasps> I'm like, there's, there's no more oxygen in here. I'm just like, literally, I am alone. I'm suffocating. Fiddle with the door again. Pound it. I'm in here! And then finally, I hear this, like, is is somebody in there yeah I'm in here (laughs) open the door I'm gonna die (laughs) so finally like they opened the door and it was like one of the people and I'm like oh my gosh do not go in that bathroom and close the door whatever you do so suffocating have you ever been in a place and maybe you're there now on the inside where you're just like no one knows I'm trapped in here The message from the Father is, I see you. Psalm 139 verse 7 says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings in the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. You're not alone. And this is the message from your father saying, I see you. Be confident. Second thing is this. He pursues you. Hear him say to you, you matter. Going back to the story filled with love and compassion. Well, of course he was filled with love and compassion. He was pacing his porch, waiting for his son. And eventually he saw him and then he began to run. Run after him. Now this sounds obvious, but back in the day, fathers didn't do this kind of thing because they had like these skirt looking things and they had to hike them up if they were gonna run. And it was a very disrespectful shameful thing for a father in that culture to do for pick up his skirt because then his legs were exposed. And I mean, you look literally in that day, it would look very silly and inappropriate for a father to run. Can I tell you why the father ran? So the son wouldn't have to take the walk of shame. He's like, I'm not going to let you walk alone. No way. Not on my watch. I am pursuing you. And you need to know today that your father, your heavenly father, is always pursuing you. I'll tell you what, pursuit is a powerful thing. Like I play hide and go seek with my kids when they were really little. In fact, sometimes we still play it. But when they were really little, they, no joke, and and, and if you have kids, you you, you know this, they will stay hidden for hours (laughs) as long as they know daddy's looking. And so for a lot of, you do this, right? Like I know where they were but I just pretended like I didn't, like, I have no idea where you are, right? And you just keep talking and you keep searching so they know you're still searching and they'll sit quietly. It's the only time you can get them to be quiet. They'll sit quietly in the dark, nothing to do, no video games, no food, right? Depriving themselves of all the cool things as a kid. Why? And for as long as you want. Why? Because daddy's looking for me. no different. We don't, we don't grow out of that. We don't grow out of the desire to be pursued. It was, we were created to need that. It's one of the things that tells us who we are. It's one of the things that tells us that we matter, is that, is that I'm pursued. And, and, and all of our hearts break when we see young ladies find their identity and some idiot that decides to pursue them for all the wrong reasons, right? That's a dysfunctional version of somebody trying to find their value in being pursued. And I'm here to tell you that the Father, he pursues you and he never gets tired. He never gets tired of it. When Heather and I uh, first met, uh, and I, I mentioned this before, but when we first met, our relationship almost ended instantly because when, when we went on a date and we had a really good time and then she went off to college and then we started emailing back and forth because she didn't have text. And, um, and then eventually we we're like, hey, let's exchange phone numbers and let's, let's have a conversation. And so I called Heather and with the intention of like, no, I, re- I really want to pursue this. And, and her response was, um, I can't talk because I'm out of minutes. Back in the day, right? There was like minutes on your cell phone which I just thought was so lame and an excuse for her to say, I'm not interested. And so me, as a flawed dude that doesn't like rejection and wanted to play hard to get, I said, fine. Well, then she'll call me if she's interested. Well, she actually meant Call me in a couple hours because I'm legitimately out of minutes and I want to talk to you. But what I heard was not interested. So I didn't call her for two weeks. And Heather totally blew me off as well because she's like, well, that's a bummer. I mean, he called me and then, and then he just decided to not call me again. So he's not pursuing me. And I'm like, she's not pursuing me. And so we're in this like not pursuing one another thing. And we're at a standoff, and, and, and Heather's mom, her mom introduced us to begin with, her mom stepped in a second time and said, come on, guys, let's do this. Invite them over for Mother's Day, and let's, let's have one more go at it. And that's when, like, lightning struck. I say that to say, I think sometimes with God, we think, well, I'm not really worth pursuing, and, 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 and I, I don't have my act together sometimes. And so he's not really gonna pursue me until I pursue. And I even think there's a theology out there that says like, I need to pursue God and get my act together. And then he'll be like, well, fine, I'll accept you back. I mean, it would have been nice if you never left and didn't do all those things, but fine. Like if you're, gonna, if you're gonna make the effort, then I'll accept you. And can I just tell you that like, that's the worst possible thought about your father. Your father is the one pacing the front porch looking for you every minute. He's got nothing better to do. And as soon as he sees you, He is running after you and he never stops pursuing you. He is pounding on the door of your heart, waiting to give you good things. This isn't a merit-based thing. This isn't like you gotta be good for your father to pursue you. Your father loves you, he sees you, and he's coming after you. Oh, can we just close our eyes for a minute and just like see our father in that way? Come on, let's allow the Lord to remove the lies of the enemy that say I'm not worth pursuing. Remove the lies of the enemy that say that like, I'm, all, I'm all alone. This is like kind of a dark place. And, and surely God doesn't see me or pursue me. Those are lies of the enemy. Come on, hear the message from your Father. I love you. I'm for you. I'm pursuing you. This is our father Your father says you matter to him and you are worth pursuing. Lastly, we're going to end with this. He approves of you. He sees you, he's pursuing you. He approves of you, and this says to us you are worthy. You're not alone. You matter. You're worthy. The father said, okay, so remember, the father gets to the son, and the son has his speech written out. He's like spent a lot of time on it. Like, okay, dad, I love you, and I failed you, and uh, I'm not worthy anymore. I'm not worthy to be your son. What we had before, that was awesome. But I'm not coming with that expectation I just want to be back in the house. And so I'm willing to accept that our relationship is different. Wait, I'm willing to accept that my identity is different. This strikes at the core of our daddy issues. My identity is not the same. Surely you don't see me the same at the deepest level. I'm not worthy. At the deepest level, I'm not worthy. And so, I'm asking you to accept me back, and I'm willing to accept that I'm not worthy. So many people that find themselves back in the house, back in church, back in community, and they're putting on the smile And they have accepted the reality that their identity is no longer son and daughter. It's, I'm a servant. Hey, what can I do around here? How can I help? Because I'm not a son and daughter, and I have forfeited all of those privileges, and instead, it just is what it is, and I'm okay with it. And I'm here to tell you that your father is communicating loud and clear you're worthy. You're worthy. He approves of you. So the so, so the father the father doesn't even let him finish the speech. No 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 no. He's like I'm not worthy. No no. And he doesn't even like. He doesn't even he doesn't even acknowledge the speech. He's like forget that. Listen, we're partying. That's what we're doing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do something for you that you don't do for slaves. And he gives him a ring, which is sonship. He puts a robe, which represents the robe of righteousness, the same robe that Adam and Eve got when God uh, killed the first animal sacrifice and clothed them. And the Bible says that we are clothed in Christ in the robe of righteousness. The father puts a robe around him and says, I approve of you. You're worthy now. And then lastly, he puts sandals on his feet because in that day, a son would never go barefoot, only servants. You're not a servant. Let me show you. Let me prove to you. This isn't just words. Let me prove to you. You're a son and daughter in this house. That's who you are. I actually think that this is one of the reasons why we have such a hard time hearing God's voice. I want to end with this. So the Father's sending us a message. And I hear this all the time. I have a hard time hearing God. And listen, I don't have a corner on the market and it's not like I hear some audible voice, but what I can tell you is the father's speaking. He's sending a message and it can come in all kinds of forms, right? And oftentimes sounds like your own voice. But here's the deal. The message, the way that we're hearing is we often hear as a servant. And so, and so the frequency and the message that we're thinking we're gonna hear Versus the one that's sending is different. Have you ever had somebody try to talk to you, but, but they mistake your name and they call you something different so you don't respond? Right? You think that the, the, they're talking to somebody else, right? And you just keep walking. And they're like, hey, hey. And you finally realize, oh, oh, you're talking to me. Sorry, I, I, my name is actually this. Oh, sorry. Oh, I didn't know you were talking to me. I think oftentimes the father's talking to you But you think that he's talking to? Oh, you must be talking to them because the things, the 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 kind things you're saying, that's not me. I'm not that person. Recalibrate your ears as a son and daughter, fully approved of, fully loved, fully pursued seen. Those are the messages coming from the Father. And anything else is not him. It's a separate voice. And so let's tune our ear to the actual message from the Father. And I promise you, he will begin to recalibrate on the inside of who you are. And you will become a whole person with the bridge of Jesus connecting us to the message of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Father saying, I love you. I see you. I'm pursuing you. You are approved. You are worthy. That's who you are. 1 John chapter three, verse one. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called his children. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your message. Father God, we recognize you today on this Father's Day that you are making us whole on the inside. I pray that this week we would hear your message to us like never before. I pray it would be so crystal clear that we are recalibrating our ears to hear the voice of the Father as your kids, and that that would bring such delight. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name.